I don't know. If you could explain some of the shit I end up going through with, like, trying to install drivers for one of those, like, USB Wi-Fi dongles and crap by enemy stand. There we go. Oh, now, now we, we've got good, we've got wave. Yay, we've got good wave. we did it. Take that, enemy stand user. Now, you can't stop me from recording this crappy podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Hey, people wait whole months for this crappy podcast. They do not wait. They are regularly surprised, and I think a little grateful, but they are definitely, like, not waiting. <laughs> yeah, okay. Every time that, like, shows up in there, whatever... I don't even know what people use to download this. I'm assuming iTunes. Yeah, I mean, there's a just an iTunes podcast app. They're just looking at the Fast Karate logo. Yes. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. You know what? I want to know what's happening in Morio. Shit, are you Radio. already recording? Yes, I am. God damn it. Okay, let me try something real quick. Okay. Test, test. Oh no, did the stand escape into your computer? Best. No, okay, it's good. It's good, it's good. I was just like, the waveform is a little loud, uh, and still seems to be, which made me start worrying that it was recording off the microphone. And I was like, no, stop, quit it! Why would you do that? Why would you start doing that? I don't get it. <sighs> so before we get started... I've been playing Bloodborne. Uh-oh. I actually been playing Wait, why? Dark Souls 2. How did you Okay. Uh, but then I started playing Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, I started playing Dark Souls 2 cuz I just got like an anonymous ask on Tumblr being like, "I know you don't like ranking soul ranking things, but what about this ranking for the Souls games?" Uh, and so I was like, "That got me thinking about Dark Souls 2." So I played a lot of Dark Souls 2. Uh, and then I fell off that and for whatever reason was like, what about Arcane in Bloodborne? Oh, is that just a different build? It's fucking... It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is it like magic in Demon Souls? Yes. Uh, and the thing about that is Arcane is where sort of all the missing functionality of a Souls game was hiding. So like sort of your ranged abilities and stuff. Like... I had sort of fooled around with it a little, but really never committed. And I guess until you like put about 30 or 40 points in it, you don't really start seeing dividends. So, like, Bloodborne is not a game where you generally have, like, a lot of range options. Like, kind of at best, you can get, like, three or four cannon shots that will do a large chunk of the boss's life. But, like, for the most part, your guns are just for parrying. So, like, just to be like... Oh, you know, I can stick this syringe in my in my leg and get the five temporary, like, blood bullets that you can charge up at the cost of health. Uh, and then convert that into, like, 1,200 damage whenever I want. When my sword swings are doing, like, 250. Uh, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> there was a suffering period because you gotta go through about three bosses before you can actually get, like, a weapon that scales off of magic instead of physical. But once you're through that hump, like, the game has pretty much completely changed for me. I also never <laughs> use the big greatsword in this game, and it makes the game really easy. <laughs> like, sort of regardless, just the amount it can stagger, guys. Uh, and if further... Um, I think it, what you're kind of 
I think underestimating whether or not a new player would be able to go arcane and make the game easy. Oh no. Cuz your familiarity with everything, yeah, you know it's easy and broken, but like the first playthrough when you don't know how to fight stuff and you're just getting slammed by everything. Well, it's kind of like the the way it worked in Demon Souls a little where if you like pick the royal class, you started with a spell and a ring that recharged your MP, which you wouldn't ordinarily mm-hmm. get until way later in the game. Uh, which made a lot of the really beginning part of the game easy. This is kind of like that, but it doesn't start until about the middle. But having an on-command way to just kill a guy with range attacks that doesn't take that many resources... Like, definitely... Somebody who's just, like, sort of coming into the <laughs> to the Soul series would need more than, like, a few pointers. But I also feel like... I mean, I I don't think I would be like, well, you know, just kind of suffer for the first five to ten hours of the game, and then it'll get really easy. Like, it's not sort of that Band-Aid fix that Magic sometimes is in Souls games, if you feel like they're too hard. But uh, it has been, like, a really interesting way to play the game of just like, oh, I just don't feel like fighting that guy. Or, like, those three, like, archer guys are going to try and shoot me while this big fat guy tries to hit me with their butcher knife. I'll just shoot the archer guy with my lasers which are actually uh bloody homing skulls because that's the sort of game that bloodborne is you know (laughs) oh oh i see you brought arrows to this uh bloody homing skull fight you You, fool you know it commits to the bit (laughs) uh wait what's the grossest way we can do this I mean, what if I, could we shoot fetuses, guys? That's just over the top. We have to have some restraint. Uh, I mean, look, I don't, I didn't play art. I haven't gotten to the DLC yet, so I don't really remember if they added the like <laughs> rocket fetus. It option. like shrieks the whole time, and there's this elastic snap as the sort of psychic umbilical cord just. I mean, it's basically you know a breaks from your body. Um, I mean, there's like go a, forth. There's a lot of items called, like, putrid eyeball and shit in Bloodborne. Like, I mean... Dude, putrid eyeball, I'll take that all day. Okay. But when you get into, like, the baby stuff... Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, spoilers for this two-year-old game, but the way you, like, unlock the secret ending is by eating an umbilical cord. (laughs) Of, like, basically Cthulhu's umbilical cord, I guess is the quickest shorthand version to give. You actually have to find three segments and consume them all one by one. That seems like a that seems tough. I mean, because like the first one, you don't know how bad it's gonna be. I think the eating the second one would honestly be the hardest, because then you know you're gonna have to eat another. You know, like the first one's like that was terrible. I never want to do that again. And the second one's not even the last one. Yeah, but on the third, you're like I'm over the hump. Like, yeah, if I don't I mean, finish it now, it's all been wasted. <laughs> Sorry, but the second one, that's that's the one that tests your resolve. The good thing is you get like a big chunk of insight, which is like the like understanding of the mythos currency. Every time you eat one, it's like, yeah, that's where I want to be at. Uh, impregnating myself with an old one baby who is also me. <laughs> it goes places. You know, it's Bloodborne. Yeah. Anyway, JoJo's. Is a show that I guess nominally this podcast is about these days. Yeah. We watched some episodes of it. And, you know, for a brief moment I, I thought, are they going to kill Kira? <laughs> and then it's just going to go back to the ridiculous hijinks for the rest of the show? 
And then it was like, yes, yes. And then it was like, no. And then it was like, well. What maybe? if the answer is both? Yeah, I mean, essentially it was both. Because <laughs> immediately after Kira disappears into domestic bliss, you have the John Kimpo episode, which was Jeez. amazing. <laughs> like oh, the like DBZ uh, throwback BS. <laughs> so yeah. I loved every second of that that episode probably the well, best well, jojo's episode ever the stealth contender part of that i feel like is the internal or sometimes external monologue of rohan slash everybody who isn't rohan <laughs> talking about how much they hate each other so, <laughs> true, so like rohan like comes out of, who is like nominally on the crew i guess he was hanging out with koichi a few episodes ago uh, he, like, comes out of the cafe, or he's, like, finished work for the day, uh, and, like, uh, Josuke and Okuyasu and Yukako, who, like, yeah, she's on the crew. I don't know that she was ever formally inducted, like, even less than Rohan, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, They're like, like, oh, come sit over here. First of all, <laughs> that is Koichi's crew. None yeah. of the Jotaros have anything to do with that. They're like, hey, all right, man. It's like, no, I'm best friends with the guy that tried to murder me. And the girl that tried to murder me is now my girlfriend. I'm like, like some just... kind of weird crucible for hatred. <laughs> we do it. We fix it with love, man. <laughs> it's totally true. They're like, hey, come sit down over here, sensei. Because he's a manga artist. And Rohan like, immediately cuts to Rohan's thought process being like, ah, shit. It's that loser Josuke, that idiot Okuyasu, and that creep Yukako. <laughs> and then, so he decides to, like, play John Kampo with the weird 11-year-old, like, Mowgli from the Jungle Book kid, except he lives in modern society in a city. He decides to play Rock, Paper, Scissors, or John Ken with him. And he's got a hole in his face. Like, not a... <laughs> Not like an abscess, he just has like a black, like a, what a woodpecker lives in or something. Uh, he'd rather play rock, paper, scissors with this weird feral child than hang out with these teenagers. Which I guess if you're 20 years old, is probably a reasonable Well, behavior. I mean, at that point, the kid was it's being like really like annoying. <laughs> I mean, like, how hard would it to beat the, be to beat this kid at John Kimpo? Yep. Especially... I don't know. Was that before or after he had already committed to punching him in the face? I, that's the first. No, it was. He, yeah. he sees him outside at the uh, the rest the cafe before he goes to the bookstore and punches him in the right, face. Right. Okay. So that's like when he's finally like, oh, fine. All right. We'll play rock, paper, scissors. Let's go to this library. <laughs> and I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you in like in the stack. He was in a bookstore. bookstore. He was going to buy a book about like plants or something. And then he, he just punched some kid in the face, and nobody noticed. But yeah, he punched the kid with an... Yeah, well, that is what... You know, there's the part where, like, he can't handle this kid asking him to play rock, paper, scissors over and over and over again. So he, he uses his power to open up this kid's face like a book, which we know is how, how his power works, and it's got a bunch of pages inside. And he writes on the pages, like, this guy won't bother me anymore. No, he says he will uh, never be able. He will never beat Rohan at John Kimpo. But he didn't realize at that point that the kid had already stolen a third of his stand's power. Oh right, that, giving him the at, ability to unwrite that in the book. No, that's two separate things. This is like before he's even committed to the Jonkin, where he looks inside and he's like, 
Oh, he'll always play scissors, eh? And he's doing all this on a street while a taxi cab driver has already, like, picked up You're right. Joseph and Joestar. even if... Even and the taxi if, driver's like, are oh, you getting on? <laughs> even it, I mean, the, the weirdest thing is that the taxi driver is so obsessed with the the commercial prospects of this engagement, he's not realizing there's a 20-year-old man crouching over a prone 11-year-old who is definitely which unconscious is, in the middle of the street for which minutes, suggests something staring into his face. the existence of magic. That's right. <laughs> like... That guy doesn't know that the kid's face is folded open like a book, as if the fact that it were opened like a, up like a book would be any comfort in this situation. Oh, I can clearly see that that kid's face is opened up like a book, so there's nothing diabolical happening. Yeah, well, it's fine. It's just the work of an enemy stand. Hey, wait like a minute! If I saw somebody, like, just silently looming over a child who was laying on the ground, I'd, it'd be at 10 already. And they weren't yeah. saying, like, are you all right? Wake up. I'm calling an ambulance. Uh, and then if I noticed that the child's face were a book, it would go to 11. Like, they wouldn't, like, step it back. You'd be like, I, yeah, I don't have space in my I, rubric. I would just, I would, I would already be hitting Rohan in the back of the head with a brick. Like, yeah, it's there's, there's up. no way. There's... Like, I feel like this, you know, in the last chunk of episodes, their street fight with Shigechi, where he's like, using the bugs and stuff and exploding things like in the middle of the street, that stressed the bounds the bounds of credibility. But now this is like even worse. <laughs> Look at this child is he's fighting with this child in in the middle of the, in the broad daylight for like the whole episode. And like finally I guess they rein it back to just actually doing the junkin', but before that, like in the bookstore like, come on, people would have seen. But I guess Kira is also uh, molesting food with a severed arm in public, and nobody seems to care about that. Well, he's also like, been murdering people for, like, years, and nobody realizes there's been an uh, outlandish number of disappearances in this city. Well, there's been no evidence but the disappearances because he's so good. They just. It doesn't all matter, those Dave, when left. someone disappeared. No, they, you still report it to the police. And it was Joe's point... grandpa. That guy was a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he died from being a drunk. Yeah, maybe this is like the payback. <laughs> I feel for like all we've the been over the, this. The Jotaro family was terrible at their job. Well, he's not even a Jotaro. Yeah, Joe's. I mean, whatever. He's not a Cujo. Yes, he's a, he's a he's a pure blood Joe star. Uh, though I guess I mean he's as much a. a a Joe Star is, uh, or no, no, he's got, yeah, he's got a much more purer version of the bloodline. Because Joseph is Josuke's grandpa, whereas, or rather, Jotaro's grandpa. So it's like, Josuke, you, you think actually might be even more powerful oh. given time. I don't think that's uh, how it works. I don't think how it works. It's, <laughs> it's the one drop rule. Uh, it's very unfortunate. Just because his mom was in love with some old man. Which is this like saggy American that came over? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when he was sixty odd years old, he was pretty ripped. <laughs> so we I can mean, all he's... only hope to be that cut when we're sixty, and still somehow totally useless. Yeah, Gosh. at least now he can mind the baby. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, guys. I'm not gonna tell anyone that that baby just wanders away, which is what happens at the end of this episode. You know. Who's going to convict you? There's no evidence. And everybody knows what a lack of evidence 
means in this town. Uh, it means that presumably J Josuke's grandpa, the reason no crimes were ever solved in this town because he's the only police officer and he spends all day following his daughter around making sure nobody is harassing her. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she's amply proven she can take care of herself. It's true. Uh, by putting a guy's teeth through a car door. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the the big you got your big stand puzzle fight with uh with Kira and sheer heart attack. I want to say I guess it's just heart attack. Which but, one? Uh, the the mobile bomb, which is like a totally hacked playground. Like you can't shoot me. I've got the invincibility. It's also armor. unbreakable. Like, yeah, he's got double stance. His stand has a stand, basically. Not only can it turn things into a bomb, it can make a bomb. Yeah. Which I guess, like, by... I mean, you could just... It's making bombs by turning things into bombs. Those are synonyms. But, in this case, it's a completely different thing where it makes, like, a little tank bomb that explodes... But doesn't do the crucial things do when they explode, which is destroy themselves. It's just a perpetual explosion. I machine. would be more comfortable with it if it, if uh, Killer Queen lost the ability to blow things up while the bomb was not connected. Yeah, it, it's just total hacks. I mean, I don't know. That's how it ends up being with. I mean, that's uh, how yeah JoJo's villains often. But it never stops surprising me how unfair it is. Well, even the John Kim Po kid, like, he doesn't have anything at stake in the game. Yeah, I, I, I noted that. And even Darby, bullshit. when he loses, gets converted into a coin. Well, it's a new generation of soul users, man. I mean, that's the thing. Like, good was idle for the past 15 years or whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> evil's been this up This arrow's been out here doing work. Yeah, so, I mean, that was such bullshit with the Jockin' Kid. It's like, every time, it's best, it's first to three. Best out of five. Uh, and every time the Jockin' Kid wins, he gets a third of Rohan's powers. And it seems like a third is as good as the whole thing. Because, like, as soon as he gets the first third, he's able to erase the thing that Rohan wrote on his face that said, this shitty Jockin' Kid can't win a Jockin' against me ever again. I love that the part that, yeah, I wish that's what he had actually written, and the only thing he <laughs> unraised was that he couldn't win, so it still said, like, this shitty kid. <laughs> and then Roy's just like, ha-ha, idiot! Yeah, DJ Khaled, congratulations, you played yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I gave you a double bluff. Yep, can't win, man. It's like, ah, come on, I'm 11! That's true. That's the other amazing mind thing. games. <laughs> I love how Rohan doesn't realize it's like, you tried to punch him with the same arm of your stand. Kicking would probably still work. Let's yeah. try. Let's just, like, just give it a go, man. Just, <laughs> what do you have to lose? Just get that like great ball kick into an 11-year-old's chest. That's really what why I watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. To yeah, like live out still soft. violent <laughs> fantasies against preteens. Yeah, but I mean, it's just bullshit. Haven't you so, like, ever just like seen a little kid walking down the street and just wanted to run full force and just like wanted just to drop kick right in, right it. in the solar plexus? Imagine how That's far they, they would call fly. The, the call of the abyss. <laughs> What's your stand? Nothing. I just hit kids. Yeah, it's worked out for me so far. 
Every time a kid tries to play a street game with me, just well, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. Why risk it? It's like this must be the work of an enemy stand. So you just shout that before you do everything. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> That's all you got to say. It works every time. Hey, man. I was afraid so, that kid might be a stand user. I feel like I have to note because it's been loud enough that I've noticed it. I'm sorry if there's an inordinate amount of sirens on this podcast. I, people are used to it. I live in the city, but I've noticed like four go by. So. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so if the kid wins, he gets a third of the power. If Rohan wins, he gets nothing. It's like, what? This is the worst wager. I guess you get to not be destroyed by this kid. I mean, even if you lose your stand powers, doesn't that mean you have no more skin in the game? Like, what happens? Well, Oh, no, I've lost the- my stand power. Now I'm just a regular manga artist, and I can leave this insane world of diabolical psychic powers behind me forever. Yeah, dude, I'm out. like I wasn't even there for the Kira thing. Like he doesn't have any reason to kill me. I could just retire and be a piece. Except that I can't cheat and steal other people's stories from my manga. But you know, I'm already rich. <laughs> it's like it's like when you catch somebody on plagiarism, but they've already sold like a half dozen best-selling novels. It's like, oh, great. Well, we stopped them. <laughs> uh, but anyway. I mean, what's really going on here is that you have to measure the total, the risk of all your supernatural powers against how incredibly annoying this child is. Because he doesn't have the power to compel you to play the game except by his annoying presence. Well, I just love. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it be, that uh, the interesting thing is they kind of fail at the initial battle of wills. Because once you start playing John Kimpo, you've essentially already lost to the kid. Yeah. Because you didn't want to play that dumb game, and now he's making you play the dumb game. He's in your head, man. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly... He lives there now. (laughs) The reason children win at these kind of things is because they forcefully insist on a very simple goal. Yep. They grind you down. Yeah. They have a doggedness that adults have lost. And that's why you have to use, you know, the drop kick. To yeah, your ball kick, man. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's not gonna imagine like they can't get to the possibility of getting ball kicked in the chest. And that's why you do it. You're just like, here's something you couldn't. Did I just blow your mind? You like get over top of the kid after you kick him. Did I just blow your mind? You weren't. You didn't see that coming. And somebody screams, "Hey, get away from that child!" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm still in JoJo's universe." <laughs> I can hit this kid all I want. There's nary a stander by who's going to do anything about it. And then they call the police. And I was like, oh, your stand is the cops, huh? Oh, that's a, a, powerful, a very powerful stand ability. Indeed. You summoned them with your phone? <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk a second about how bad uh, Koichi's stand gets after it becomes more powerful? You mean like in appearance or the answer powers? is both because it it gains a power like it gains an offensive capability that doesn't require Koichi to think completely outside the box. But th- when he had to think outside the box, it was better. I don't well, know why he didn't from a narrative keep standpoint. going back to Sizzle. If that worked once, 
Yeah, like, I get it. Like, it's a good joke because who the fuck has an electric stove? God damn it. Like, he's like... I mean, so, okay. Killer Queen, heat-seeking bomb. Koichi, an idiot. Josuke, or Jotaro, is like, all right, Koichi, we got to figure out totally how this heat-seeking bomb works. Can you Stay cool. Don't use... Whatever you do, don't use your stand to try and chase down the killer. He's long gone. I know these things. I've researched a lot of stands. Also whales. Uh... <laughs> And by the way, <laughs> I am not underestimating you, you insecure little twit. Yep. That's the thing about Koichi, and I think we talked about this before. Because he's so uh, socially awkward and inept, you think he's got to be smart, right? Dave, he's the, like heartfelt, be a nerd. the heartfelt word is naive. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he's dumb as hell. Yo, so he's he like, is totally... Him and Okuyasu... And even Rohan at this, like basically any other stand user, just needs to be babysat yes. by Jotaro. <laughs> like he's like, so that's what the Speedwagon Foundation is. They're essentially like the visiting angels for stand users. It's like, are you a stand user? Are you dumb as hell? Do you for need somebody to make sure you don't die for stupid reasons? To a stand user. <laughs> you are summoning other stand users to yourself, unbeknownst to you. And they will try to murder you for reasons yeah, you cannot problem. comprehend. Like you can't just sort of... <laughs> you need to you be within sort of try and coast. 10 feet of Jotaro at all times. It's not good enough to look. You gotta look carefully. The craziest thing is he this can... This is the kanji for look carefully. It's different than look with like an extra... <laughs> yeah, he's giving him spelling lessons. <laughs> the worst part is and... he can stop time. And it wasn't good enough to protect him from Koichi's ineptitude. Well, you think that's like if I could stop time, too. I'll never make another mistake that's bad in my life. But no, because if you're around people who are dumb enough, you'll just get blown up by a bomb. Okay. Well, I, I was like, Josuke can, or Jogoro can stop time. Why doesn't he just stop time and go around the corner and beat the shit out of this guy? And like five seconds after I thought that, they were like, he's gone, dude. He's so far away. Koichi. Your 50 stand meter radius is like a baby to this stand. And Koichi's like, no, I can do it. And then sure enough, he's way more than 50 meters away. And then Koichi's stand is nowhere to be found to protect him when the bomb thing's going to hit him. And then it's classic, like, idiot, inept, naive cop gets their older partner killed, or in this case, exploded. And suddenly Jotaro's got like a million bloody holes in him. And he's just streaming blood everywhere. And Koichi's like, fuck. And <laughs> yes. for some reason, a light bulb that just got turned on is way hotter than a person. But the light bulbs in the store were not. <laughs> Maybe so they were halogen These hallway bulbs. light bulbs. Yeah, the hallway light bulbs are the energy Are these incandescents? <laughs> Jesus, don't you care about the planet? <laughs> right now, I care about not getting blown up. I love how they're really conspicuous incandescents too, like those old school antique yeah, looking look ones. Yeah, they look like they belong in like an early twentieth century like, like castle yeah, renovation. <laughs> these are the these are Thomas Edison original light bulbs. Yeah, they only last for an hour and a half, and they're made out of coal. Uh, and the filament explodes, and you the know, filament always explodes over five meter hey, radius. Man, the uh, I mean, legit if. If you, I don't even, even if you were heat seeking, the light, the the temperature of the filament in a light bulb is extremely high. It's an insanely high uh, temperature. I think it's it's like yeah, 2,000 of course, like degrees. you don't want to touch a light bulb. Well, yeah, but 
I mean, it's like super hot. But even still, otherwise like, we'd have a problem. You can't. It doesn't recognize shapes at all. Well, it's got to be super dumb. Otherwise, it couldn't be used re- remotely. Like, but it also seems like for a guy that's really obsessed with like essentially creating the perfect crimes. Like his primary goal is to he's leave not creating the perfect crimes. He's blowing people up. When you realize that all he's doing is that this isn't a well executed. You can just blow people up. If I had the ability to just you know immediately make a body disappear, I wouldn't plan the quote unquote perfect crime. I would just murder people and not leave any evidence. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, the way he's doing this leaves a lot of evidence. <laughs> like, yeah, that's maybe, true. Maybe it's because this is his kind of first running with stand users and he's not at the top of his game confronted with this new information. But he blows up a whole store. <laughs> like, it's Regardless true. of whether or not he... Maybe he could molecularly, like, obliterate... Koichi and Jotaro from existence, but the store would still be completely blown up. Oh my gosh, what happened? It must have been a, a gas explosion. I guess the shopkeep moved away. Yeah. Well, and it is kind <laughs> of remarkable that they Police just completely disintegrate. Well, whatever. So, but the, yeah, the, the really good bit is when Koichi somehow, despite the fact that he weighs 47 pounds, is able to drag Jotaro into this apartment, and he goes to turn on the stove, good thinking, Koichi, because the light trick wasn't going to distract him for long, and he's like, what the, this is an electric stove! Like, why is <laughs> this, the best why reaction? Is stove stop? And I was like, that is exactly what I've thought every, every time. time. I have to deal with an electric stovetop, and I at th- at that exact level of intensity, and I've never had somebody. It's never been life or death. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still like, why am I forced to use a fucking electric stovetop? <laughs> you can never live anywhere but the city. But yeah, it was kind of like remarkable. It's like, who? What? What? So when we went to uh, Italy over Christmas, we stayed in like an Airbnb. The apartments were kind of right next to each other. And they had clearly been converted from one large apartment. So to make a kitchen in the second apartment, they had installed like a piece of unfinished plywood, uh, put a microwave in the sink in there. And for the stove, it was just sort of like a small electric stovetop with just two burners on it. Uh and the electricity was terrible because it was a European building. Uh, so, like, turning on the oven in the other apartment and basically anything in the one we were mainly staying in would cut out everything. So, like, if you wanted to have hot water in this apartment on this, like, shitty stovetop that, like, I don't know, like, I it looked like something you would impulse buy at, like, a Lowe's. Like, it wouldn't even be on a shelf. Like, they would just have these, like, induction burners on the, like, aisle right before you check down. And you're like, what? I need one of them. I can put it in the bathroom and cook up sausage in the morning. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and the only kind of really cool part is that it was an induction and i had like never used one of those before so like you can't burn yourself with it like it only gets hot if there's metal on it basically uh which i thought was cool but it did not assuage the intense grief i felt at being forced to use uh electric cooking appliances uh which is just the absolute worst especially in the house where the uh circuits 
trip at the drop of hat. <laughs> uh, so I felt Koichi's pain because there's nothing worse than having to use an electric stovetop when it comes to cooking. Like, they're just so awful. And they take so long to warm up, which is the plot point. And yeah. double, and that's actually the great part is because it takes so long to warm up that Koichi's like, well, I got to figure something else out. This is a problem. Uh, and that's when the ingenuity comes in. Echoes Act 2, Act two comes out. Uh, and then he creates a word balloon that says sizzle and attaches it to the tank. So it chases it like a donkey with a carrot. Yes, Jojo's, I got the metaphor you didn't need to literally spell it out for me by having Koichi say it. Uh, and then it just becomes an adorable little bomb tank that's chasing this giant red sizzle balloon around the room. Koichi's like, thank God, I have time to call Jotaro or Josuke, damn it. I keep getting them mixed up. Uh, so the real fighters can come and save my ass because obviously I'm not going to be able to do anything. Then, for some reason, I mean, he, he said, like... The burner gets hot enough and somehow that screws it distracts up the from the word balloon that says sizzle. And I'm pretty sure the line is, I turned it off. Why is it getting hotter? <laughs> Which is like, yes. <laughs> like, I love that this is just this like screed against electric stovetops. Like, like maybe Iraqi <laughs> had done like basically gone to Europe just as you had and had to use an electric stovetop. It's like, He's this like, is garbage. I keep burning these pancakes. <laughs> I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. It takes like 10 minutes for it to heat up, and then it's way too hot. <laughs> How does it happen? It's that like total, <laughs> I took a trip to North Carolina once and had an electric stove and ruined an entire batch of batter trying to cook on an electric stove top. I just like, I felt like an idiot. I could not figure out how to do it. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We made these things to serve us. <laughs> Literally, with food. I just love it that the, uh, like, something about the gas flame makes me understand the heat better. Like, just the, yeah. the distraction of the electrics. Like, I'm just going to turn it all the way up because that's how I start everything on the gas, and then I turn it down. Mm-hmm. Get the pan nice and hot, then you turn it down, then yep. you start cooking. Well, I mean, you can eyeball it. You're like, yeah. that size of flame is something I understand. <laughs> yes. I guess maybe it is. I'm just dumb. I need to actually see fire. <laughs> somehow like genetic or like evolute something about our evolution we understand fire now we've been around it for like you know ten thousand years yeah i mean i feel like it's kind of ingrained in the genetic memory at this point. electricity has only been here in a non-terrifying form even though electricity is always slightly terrifying mm -hmm. uh, but basically electricity has only not been lightning for about 150 years <laughs> so maybe i'm just like i'm essentially trying to cook with lightning so i'm just like holding raw batter up in a thunderstorm waiting for it to get hit and hope it cooks well i mean whatever makes you feel better about like hey, well, however you need to mythologize using that piece of it's shit it's the technology. same experience as cooking on an electric stovetop i'm just gonna have this like spike of uh of burnt batter in the middle of an electric bowl like on top of my dead corpse yep <laughs> It's in God's hands now. It's like, who knows? It's it's up to chance. Oh my gosh! They're the absolute worst, uh, as Koichi soon learns. And so, distracted from the sizzle bubble, the heart attack bomb tank uh, blows itself up, and everybody dies. Yes, Just kidding. Koichi gets out, and he's like, "Oh, Echoes was exploded. I'm defenseless." Uh, and then he's like, wait, and he's still screaming, even as he's having his, like, realization that he's still alive. He's like, but if Echoes 
did it. If Echoes got exploded, I would be dead too, so I must be okay. And he's, you realize he's transformed into something stupid. Yeah, it's Echoes Actus 3. And it's like, I don't know, I guess maybe what's going on here is that like when you start at the peak, like you don't really, you know, there's diminishing returns on learning. So like Jotaro and Josuke pretty rarely get stand upgrades. I mean, like, I can't think of a stand upgrade really outside of Jotaro just deciding he had the world now. <laughs> but Koichi has gotten two. And it's I guess it's just because he's starting at such a low level, the like experience gain hasn't ramped up yet. Yeah. He comes out looking even more like Dragon Ball Z monster than ever. Oh, the cool thing uh, is like you could kind of see the similarities between Reverb and he was like going up in kind of vehicle. Like he had wheels initially then he turned into a jet. And I was looking forward to seeing what he would look like at this point. And it's just it's like what it's happened. Like a guy. It looks like like robot Frieza. Like <laughs> he does look Yeah, Rocky had to be have been on a Frieza kick. Yeah, I know that. I mean, especially like, that this all here. goes right into the John Kimpo episode that is clearly just goofy Dragon Ball references and maybe a little tongue in cheek about it too. Yeah. Like, it's clear that he is uh, he's poking a little bit of fun. Koichi kind of finally decides to join the hand-to-hand combat portion of having a stand. Uh, and Or rather, his stand-up. Because the stand's like, don't worry, dude, I know you got a tough lot. Uh, I'm just going to do this one gratis for you. Uh, I invented my own power. <laughs> and also, I'm like sentient in a way that stands rarely are. Or if maybe ever? rarely need to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's true. You know, they say you can't pick your owner. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like a symbiotic relationship. So maybe Echoes was like, I really got to up my game if I want to stay alive. Because <laughs> this kid is not doing it. <laughs> yeah, for And real. so Echoes has the power to punch things down now. And it it's like applies a lot of gravity to them. And the attack is called Three Freeze. Uh, I guess technically it's freezing in, like, a video game sense. Uh, but really, he just punches the bomb thing into the pavement, and then it can't really move, but at a snail's pace as it tries to grind its treads through the asphalt. Yeah. And now he's like, well, we just have to wait until they showed up. And then you have, like, a really satisfying cutaway scene where Kira is just suffering the effects of the bomb being ground into the asphalt <laughs> because it's connected to his left hand so it's like he smashes a coffee cup due to the gravity affecting his left hand then he smashes the table then the waiter comes to check on him and he accidentally tears the waiter's clothes off and you're like yeah get it kira get it i fucking hate you man just die <laughs> you're not even you're definitely not dio <laughs> and i don't yeah. know like i don't know where dio rates and sort of the pantheon of good villains anyway but you're certainly below him uh even though you're i mean i kind of like what your stand is doing just sort of visually it's just <laughs> it's it's too weird to not appreciate it it's like it's like metallic well, i mean he's, robot sex cat <laughs> he's the <laughs> I mean, you added the sex yourself uh look i don't know <laughs> iraqi added the sex i just my antennas were finely tuned <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think he he's sort of a good villain for this this arc, just because the whole show is so weird. 
and bizarre that like he has to also be kind of weird yeah. and bizarre himself. This totally explains something to me too because he gets the shit kicked out of him eventually because in true Joestar fashion, uh, after Koichi, Koichi, you know, loses, Kira gets back. You feel like he's kind of on the ropes. Then he's like, no, I'm not on the ropes. Then he does a knife hand through Koichi's chest. Koichi, dead. Uh, that's when Jotaro just decides to get up, even though he's mortally wounded, and punch the <laughs> fuck out of Kira. Uh, because yeah. that's the Joestar powers, just to, to decide to win arbitrarily at some point. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the craziest thing is that he gets up after that. I mean, like, every time you, you watch all media and you think, all right, he's been kicked in the head how many times? He would be unconscious yeah. at this point. But, like, man, when he... It really makes sense that he gets a new face after that. Yeah, the old one wasn't coming back. Is busted. <laughs> and like this, actually, it really kind of made me appreciate probably two things. But like, first, that the dude's storytelling has probably advanced a lot, or like sort of his ability to tell stories has grown a lot since the third part of of JoJo's. But also, like, the benefit of setting it in a central place. And so, like, they bring all these, like, ties together. Like, Kira, mortally wounded, escapes to the salon of the cosmetic stand user and then uses her to give him a new face. And I was like, well, you couldn't have really done that if you were, like, still jaunting across, like, North Africa. So I just sort of was like, oh, yeah, I like that this is, like, set in this town and, like, this cast of characters recurs rarely, but often enough for flavor. Uh, but not her anymore because she is dead. Uh, <laughs> because he made her change his face and then he put a bomb on her to cover his escape. It wasn't on I her. Sh- it was her. He poked her in the right. neck so that her whole body yes, was a bomb. I mean, she's the bomb, sorry. <laughs> in this sense, on the fact that his power is to turn anything he touches into a bomb. Uh, but I guess I kind of skipped like, the good part where like you know, there's that good dramatic tension of like, Josuke and Okuyasu show up at the scene just in time to heal Koichi and Jotaro back to full health. And then Kira's like, oh, but I'm just a normal office worker. I peed my plants. Please heal me. Please heal me. And then you're like, no, Jotaro and Koichi need time to recover and get up, which has never been a factor before to my knowledge. But sure, for dramatic <laughs> tension this time, uh, they were so wounded that they're not immediately conscious. Uh, just so that we could be like, but Josuke, you don't know what Kira looks like. Don't heal him. Except Josuke is already wise to this, of course, and it's like, I'm just a 15-year-old. I can't even get into pachinko parlors. <laughs> like, why would I be able to heal you? Why would you think I would be able to heal you? I'm not a fucking doctor. I'm just a regular boncho. Yeah. And so you're like, yes, now punch him more. <laughs> But of course that doesn't happen. He cuts uh, off his hand and then the Kira bomb is free. Uh, and you're like, Okuyasu, use your fucking power. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, just couldn't like, he just erase the hand from existence? Well, if not the hand, how about the bomb? <laughs> like, either. No, like, <laughs> Dave, we've already established this. Okuyasu is meant to be babysat. Unless somebody yeah. shouts at him like five times, you destroy things from reality. He's never I mean, gonna get that he could just solve this problem lickety split. That is this exactly is literally what happens in the next episode. 
They're like, Okagasu, use your power. But it doesn't. He doesn't use it to just wipe everything out. Like he could literally just destroy. This stand is perfect for him because it just goes in a straight line and tries to touch people. It's it's like the t-ball of things you have to hit with your hand that swipes things out of reality. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can't make this happen when you were doing like crazy stuff like zipping yourself around faster. Like what happened to whatever you were doing when you were actually fighting Josuke? Cuz you seemed way more competent then. Yeah, I mean that's classic villain turns into good guy stuff. But uh you know, when the villain joins your party in RPG, you're like, "Wow, Magus, you used to have a lot more hit points." Whoa! Uh, well, you're only level twenty three. <laughs> what the? What? You? I thought I, you were the I, end boss. <laughs> like, I nearly wiped against you. <laughs> like five. I mean, I did a couple times. So, I, I like what they go to here. It's the like creative use of the Jotaro power. That Kira severs his own hand so he can escape the gravity effect and run away. And Jotaro's like, I'll use my healing power on the hand so it chases him because we've lost him. And I was like, but wait. But wait. Like 20 minutes ago, Koichi flew his stand into the sky and used it as like aerial recon to find a guy who was not wounded and basically crawling down the street. (laughs) So it's like, why is this so imminent? I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I get that it's a cool use of stand powers, but it's really frustrating in retrospect when he escapes to the beautician, has the stand using beautician give him a new face, and then vanishes into the crowd like Kaiser Soze. <laughs> yeah. I'm all right with it. It's Josuke. But I really well, was like, Koichi, you idiot. I had a many Koichi, you idiot moments. In I a mean, way that yes, hasn't that's happened kind of these two episodes. <laughs> in Diamond is Forever, you know. Koichi is usually sort of like the, oh, you scamp. Koichi, yeah. you're, you're a good egg, Koichi. I mean, you do your best. You really gambare. But <laughs> this time, it's just like, here. I don't know, man. Maybe you are just finally hitting out of your league, and you need to leave it to the big guys. And the big guys are like, well, I guess we're kind of fucked now, because we don't even have that button hint to rely on. Also, like, Jotaro with his, like, amateur detective work when they're like, chill out, Koichi, we got a lot of information about this guy. Uh, We know from his build he's about 190 pounds because I saw his hand. Uh, We know he's an office worker. Uh, We know he's unmarried because if he had a wife, she definitely would have done the women's work of sewing the (laughs) buttons back onto his clothing. And Koichi's like, come on, Mr. Jotaro, it's 1999. (laughs) Like, it's, it's about to be a new millennium. Hey, man, women can vote. (laughs) Yeah. And it's cool. (laughs) It's all right by me, Josuke. Jotaro's just noticeably silent. It's like, uh, I still call my mom a dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he... uh, Yeah, Josuke, he's got issues. Or Jotaro, sorry. Josuke loves his mom. Josuke's like, I'm just going to marry you when I grow up, mom. She's like, Josuke, you're 16 years old. It's not cute anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's messed up. It's weird. She got way too excited when he said that when he was four, and it just kind of stuck. Uh, I mean, he said it in a, like, bloody daze while he was dying in the backseat of the car after the mysterious man with the pompadour rescued him. So, I guess it really stuck inside his, like, fever-addled mind. Hey, man, trauma has a way of doing that to you. Yeah. 
Uh, so Kira has vanished into the crowd and there's nothing to do but go to his house and search for any clues like his many meticulously kept jars of fingernail clippings that he uses for divination or Which, augury. <laughs> can I, I mean, those are what they're going to use to find him ultimately, right? We've all established that. I kind of wondered if, uh, Josuke couldn't just fix them. But maybe the the idea there is that fingernails are not actually living tissue. So no, Dave. Dave, he I puts he back together pictures. Shit, like so, he fixes yeah, a, right. a glass around the weird liquid thing that killed his grandfather. There's no way that holds up. Yeah, actually, you know what? He can fix oh, dead no. people. They just don't come back to life. Well, he fixes so, like, inanimate objects all the time. No, but I'm just saying, like, I was like, well, maybe, like, the tissue has been separated for too long or something, or the fingernails have been separated for too long. But, like, and, like, or, like, there's some official point where, no, like, they're considered this dead. this is some garbage. But, like, he definitely fixes his dead grandpa. I guarantee quote, he's going to say, like, out loud that, for some reason, Shining Diamond's powers don't work on keratin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in case we have to track down a rhino by his horn. We're fucked. <laughs> Sorry. I hope that doesn't come up. I really hope it. <laughs> I would really, yeah, I would really like to be that they just like uh, Crazy Diamond. Dude, they could just freak him out by taking all the fingernails. Yes. Repairing them all at once. Yes. That's where I was going <laughs> with that. <laughs> just punch like these 20 years of fingernail clippings. Because like, he has a jar for every year. And they're like a spice jar full of fingernail clippings. It's so gross. And you just but, like, follow you know, them through the air. Yes. You do them like rapid fire, like a reverse trail of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and he's got the fingernails of like the greatest kung fu master of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so gross. Oh, it's so gross. And then he's there freaking out because it's gross. And you just light him up. Yep. Before he even has a chance. Well, yeah, don't leave, don't leave anything to chance this time, guys. <laughs> like, and punch his mean wife, too, for being both impressed by the man that murdered her husband and such a jerk to the man that married her. Yeah, I mean, that's messed up, lady. She's I guess. Like, this is not Bridges she, of Madison County. Why did she... <laughs> did she say why she married him in the first place and I just don't remember? Did no, she's just sort of stuck in this permanent malaise. Yeah, they but she was, she's any. like, it's not like, you know, the, the seven-year itch came around. Like, she she's like, I've never felt one spark of love to my husband ever in my life. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, that's, well, that's messed up. Well, I she mean, seems like, like she's kind of a jerk. She's treating her son pretty poorly as well. Well, I mean, maybe her son sort of got the barometer of the, the like, the tone of that relationship. And has been kind of a prick, and now she's sick of that. <laughs> you know, so it's... Really her own fault. But, yeah, so Kira decides to go home and live his comfortable life as this guy that he knows nothing about, but is going to impersonate flawlessly. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he doesn't. Uh, he <laughs> immediately creates, like, a something's up moment because he cooks for his wife, which the o original possessor of his face literally never did. Also, like, Kira had the presence of mind to pick a dude out of a crowd with an identical body that he could impersonate? Or, like, you know, like, sort of an identical body type. While he was, like, bloodied and almost beaten to death, and everybody, like, from his office was like, Well, Kira, what the... F what do you do? What is happening? Where's your hands? It's like, oh, hey, I can't... I'm gonna have to go home early today. Um, but, like, he was able to size up some guy. to be like, I could fake it. I could be that guy. 
We got the same amount of like 35 year old guy Pudge. You know, well, there's no Pudge. I mean, they show yeah, him I mean, in the shower. Kira's like, I'm ripped. He's like 2% body fat. Original Kira is ripped. And the like, guy whose body he decides to impersonate is Goku. Like, <laughs> he just has like Dragon Ball Z hair. Well, like, the crazy <laughs> thing is like his wife sees him in the shower and she's all pissed off about the cat. And I'm like, wait, your husband looked like this the whole time? Yeah. Wait. What was what? the problem, lady? <laughs> I mean, I guess emotions are important and you'd get tired of it, but it's seriously... He was bringing home the bacon. And he was the, the bacon. bacon with these cobras. Except it's not fair to call it bacon because there's like zero fat. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why'd you close the window? You know the cat, the only thing that gives me joy in this wretched marriage, likes to go out the window and jump on the tree? I think she literally says, what gave you the right to close the window? And I was like, that's a weird way to translate. <laughs> I don't know why she caught him in the shower when he wasn't doing pull-ups. To maintain that level of physical fitness, I feel like you just have to work out all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's why he never cooks her, because all his meals uh, occur at the top of a chin-up bar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all just, like, pure protein. Yep. It's it's like a, a, a lab-grown protein slurry it has no <laughs> fat in it yep he's like this is all you need it's just pure calories it's fiber and protein i get ripped and i shit like crazy <laughs> i'm in the bathroom for about three seconds that's all i can spare given my intense rigor well, no, he's like he's doing like the his whole toilet setup is just i'm a also doing kegels while i'm shitting <laughs> 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 gotta keep that pelvic floor good <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why she doesn't love him but like you only fl try to flex your taint at somebody once <laughs> I hate this marriage <laughs> I can't believe I'm still here I wish Japan didn't have such incredibly restrictive divorce laws <laughs> stupid small town and their judgment of single mothers Oh, gosh. Also, it's unclear whether I have a job. <laughs> she, de she definitely doesn't. She was sitting at home all day waiting for him to come home so she could yell at him. <sighs> the worst. Look, I made you a cup of noodles because I'm just a jerk. <laughs> she, like, throws in his face like the cake from the from Raw Deal. Does she put a towel over it and everything. <laughs> She made it seem like something had been warmed up in a microwave. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's like rice with some, you know, something in there. No. It was a towel over a cup of noodles. Like, she didn't even mm. want to clean up the towel. Oh, you really pulled out all the stuff. What is this, uh, 300 yen? <laughs> is this the good stuff? <laughs> well, she pulled out all the stops when, the, I mean, just even playing a prank by putting a towel over a cup of noodles. I guess yeah. that, that's, I'll, I'll give him some credit. That's for the benefit of the audience. But it still seems like... <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, we, on the other side of Moria, we learn about how Kira just lived with his dead ghost dad. And I know what you're thinking. I did not like that Bill Cosby movie before I heard all the news. But no, it's a different ghost dad. <laughs> uh, it's a ghost dad that uses his own spiritual photography. At which point... I just got to be assuming that, like, Joseph is looking at his hands being like, what? But what? That's what I... Now this is way ghosts better. get stands. That's what <laughs> I would have... My reaction would have been. Now no, the ghost has a stand. I think this is purely ghost powers. 
there's no. I don't think it's actually a stand. <laughs> Unless the dad is a stand. Well, maybe. Ghost powers. Well, I guess whatever. We can't go into <laughs> the the hair splitting of deciding whether or not this dude is a stand or not. It's true. He has ghost powers that trap people in photographs. They figure out how to trap him in a photograph, no surprise. Uh, then Koichi and Okuyasu fuck it up, no surprise. Like, why did you leave him in the room with the Koichi and Okuyasu? Of course he was going to pull some, like, I already you know have how something to escape that I did. This is, like, the, it is totally that crystal obelisk thing from uh, Risky Business. <laughs> That's like you just left Tom Cruise with the folded up picture of Ghost Dad. What were you thinking? Yeah. No amount of teenage pimpery is going to bring back that photograph. Koichi, stop. Also, stop. Is he no, it, was oh, it only yes. that camera? Yeah, presumably. That guy's screwed. I think I would want to die if I was just, even if I could, like, no infinite live number in of lasso birds, like, living in a photograph. Also, your son sucks. Yeah. How can you not see that? Why do you like him so much? He probably killed you. <laughs> I think it has to. That's I only be the kill last hot revelation. ladies and my dad. That was sort He's of. He's always liked to kill hot ladies. That was the weirdest <laughs> point. He's always liked to kill people. And then I want to point out that even though I was technically not correct about him of Kira not being a stand user, I was technically correct that he became a stand user by being shot with an arrow. It just didn't happen over the course of the show like I thought it might a couple episodes back, which I would forgive you for not remembering because it was probably like six months ago, <laughs> given the rate where you record podcasts. <laughs> uh, but I I was right, kind of. Uh, it turns out there's a whole bunch of bows and arrows, which I guess makes sense because, like, it, why wouldn't you get mass production up and running on those things? <laughs> like, they have a, the power to create an invincible, if somewhat eccentric, army. <laughs> Why do you need more than one? Like, how deep does this arrow have to go for you to create a stand? Well, does we don't actually be... see the dad use it on the Junkin kid. By the way, the dad escapes on a crow who shits on the mailbox of where Kira now lives. Uh, Yo, man, then... perfect transition. Yep. That's a connected world. That could have happened. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, I got to use this arrow because I live in a photograph now forever. And I ride around on this bird. Trying to make allies for my son. Yeah, I got to make as many allies as possible, but we never actually see him use the arrow on the Jonkin kid. So we don't know if you just got to like give him a little poke in the thigh as they go by. He stabbed him in the face with it. He made a hole that wasn't well, even arrow shaped. Does, that doesn't happen on screen though, does it? No. Okay. The yeah. kid like but, falls. Like I, yeah, he does presumably. have that weird hole that you would like have to tag on Tumblr unless you activate somebody's phobias. Because <laughs> like being afraid of holes in pictures is apparently a thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, maybe not just in pictures, but like, I don't know. Like, I, can, I guess it's... Your gaping wound, yeah, that should probably have a spoiler on it. Hey, check it out. I have a hole in my face. That's creepy. <laughs> well, it's, it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the hole that Tom because comes I, out of. Or Jerry. I, I, guess I mean, Jerry. I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm just grateful it happened. Because, hands down, greatest episode of JoJo's ever. I mean, they take the the concepts that by all rights should be the worst episodes, and they end up being the best episodes. This is, it's Darby levels great. It is kind of the power of, of Jos, Jotaro, Josuke, I mean, whoever. <laughs> you know, you know the one. Jojo the third? Yeah. 
Uh, I guess he's the fourth at this point. Well, yeah. it well does we're not, all no, four, actually, so it stands yeah. to reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's actually like the eighth or something because it appears to skip a generation, except with him. Well, it's in the same family. As soon as you start tapping a new, a new source, a new well mm-hmm. of JoJo's, yeah, comes just comes. To, it's like the there will be blood to the oil, Derek. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, looping back around. To go back to the Jonka thing, Rohan eventually wins by using the invisible baby to cheat, which I liked. And that's the other good part is that, like, you know, the kid is obsessed with, like, having, like, really good luck. And he's like, if this happens, then that means my luck is good and blah, blah, blah. So they see Joseph and Josuke walking down the street with the invisible baby. And the kid's like, oh, you know those guys. And we're about to start our, our final match. So I'm going to call out to them, and if they come over to you, that means you have really good luck, I guess because they can just beat the hell out of me, uh, and that would be good luck. But if they don't, that means you have bad luck, and I win, and I have the good luck. Uh, and so they call out to him, and Joseph is like, oh, that's that, that's that manga guy you know. And Josuke's like, I kind of fucking hate that guy, so let's just wave like we see him, but we're too busy to come over. And I was just like, Yes! The animosity is so pure, uh, and I hope it never goes away, and I hope they never stop just, like, very begrudgingly accepting each other's company. <laughs> because it was just so perfect. <laughs> I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, so, but at some point, Rohan steals the invi- He uses a distraction to steal the invisible baby, and then he uses the invisible baby to cheat because he opens... Which is, like, creepy. It's messed up. Like, his stand is so messed up. Even though there are people who just straight up murder in the show, it's always going to be one of those differences of scope or something where you're like, when you're psychologically controlling people, it's just weird. It's creepy. Uh, I feel like when you do it with, to a baby, I mean, maybe it's fine because the baby's not going to remember. But <laughs> like, I just don't like the image of a baby's face being opened up like a newspaper. <laughs> It's just a little more potent for me. Uh, um, I mean, honestly, if you were ever going to have your face opened up, I feel like having it happen when you're a baby is the best time. Well, yeah, that's a good not thing. because like, it might not, not be traumatizing, <laughs> but like when you're in that state, you're kind of normalizing what life is like. Maybe yeah. you won't oh, remember. So there, she's going to grow up to become like a super stand user because she has. She's uh, already got the best stand. No as emotions. Long, <laughs> as long as she never like screws it up, she could get away with anything. Yes, because she can identify and see other stands and be invisible. To other stand users. What are they going to do about it? Uh, use a heat detection stand to blow her up. So we really got to get Kira out of the picture. Before she starts crawling. Well, yeah. it, uh, Kira has to know you're there to summon his stand, Dave. If you just go invisible. Which is all of your clothes and everything. And just blast him in the face. Or just, yeah. Push like a cinder block on top of his head. Like or just, just hit him in the head. Like knock him out with a board. Who cares? Hey, why is that board like just floating in the air? Thwack. Weird, yeah. By the time he's processed it, it's too late. Baby stand. Uh. <laughs> oh, I also liked how um, John Kim Po Kid's stand was called Boy to Man. Yeah. But they tr- what they tr- they tried to call it Boys Ma- Man Man in the... D- oh, wait, no. It was, they called it Boys Man Man in the translation. But the actual, yeah, name is like Boys Suman. <laughs> But they said it. He they wrote it out in English in the book, and it was boy to man, like yeah. boy 
the Roman numeral two, and then man. Yeah, which is like the the thing that's so kind of crazy about this, like sort of fear of litigious musicians is like, well, we care, but not enough to spend money to change the art. Like, well, we're you not could, that worse. Frankly, boy to man. Yeah, it's not that would not close. hold up in court. You can just say like thematically, all these stands are named after mu- to after musicians, and any reasonable judge is just going to be like, "Your name is boys to men." That's where your trademark is, boy to yeah. man. There's not even a Z, dude. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. It's also impossible to figure. Oh no, because it doesn't. Boys to men have like four members. Yeah. I'm going too deep. I thought it ha- if it had three, that would be dope that they connected it to John Kim Poe. But I'm pretty sure Boyz II Men. <laughs> that had would be perfect. Which one is rock? Well, this is and this is how this is how you do it. Yeah, they have four <laughs> members. I was right. Yeah, as everyone from Philadelphia has to know at least four facts about Boyz II Men. <laughs> which, uh, which one is Nathan? I feel <laughs> like he's the scissor. He's the scissor of the group. <laughs> Uh, it's so hard <laughs> to say goodbye to my royalties. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Look, it didn't work for that Cromarty guy who played hockey. It's not going to work for you, boys to men. Wait, somebody tried to sue Cromarty? Yes, there's a guy. There's a guy with the last name Cromarty. He's a hockey player. He tried to sue the manga. I don't remember exactly what the grounds were or like what yeah, what he was bringing to be like, no, this is why this hurts my trademark, which is my name, which you can't trademark. Uh, but uh, So what does hockey have to do with they don't even ever play or reference hockey in the manga. Yeah. Not even once. Unless you consider the descent into the land of the apes a reference to Hockey, which would be a stretch. Let's see. Uh, sadly, Cromarty. The wait, the badass name comes from. Oh no, wait. I guess he was a baseball player. The badass name comes from former Yomiuri Giants baseball player Warren Cromarty, and the neighboring high schools that Cromarty students are always fighting are also named after baseball players. Sadly, Cromarty proved himself to not be, in fact, a badass, but a total crybaby when he sued Kodansha following the release of 2005 Cromarty live-action movie, claiming he was being defamed by having his name attached to a high school full of quote-unquote ruffians. Luckily for Nonaka, the suit didn't go anywhere, unlike hockey player Tony Twist's $15 million lawsuit against Spawn creator Todd McFarlane for naming a villain after him without permission. Thanks, Anime News Network. Wait. Like, whatever. So, he was just like defamation of character because this is a show about bad dudes. It's like, the best dudes. First off, one of them is a gorilla and one's a robot. Like, I don't know. It's hardly like you know, they, they put like a lookalike character you were like working a corner in The Wire or something. <laughs> hey, I'm Warren Cromarty. I got fired from my baseball job, and now I sell smack. It's like, I feel like that's where defamation of character comes in. Like, like oh, well. Uh, we're actually, I looked, I peeked ahead without trying to look too hard at what the episodes were actually about. But it looks like we got about two podcasts left of the show, which surprised me. Unless there's a whole nother season, and maybe I just missed it. But I thought there was about eight or nine episodes. 
Which seems crazy to me, but I guess it makes sense, like, if the main villain is kind of this much in the mix. Yeah. I'm gonna miss it, and where's part five, then, already? <laughs> I feel like, I don't remember, I, I guess we finished part three before four started, I think. I want to say we did. Because I feel like I watched at least the first couple episodes of part four contemporaneously. Yeah. No, we definitely. It started, I think it started like two years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the pace That's the pace you do it at. Uh, and I, I was actually, like, I was happy we sort of ended on this because the Jonkin episode proved that, like, nothing was going to change, basically. <laughs> they were like, look, we had our serious three episodes. Uh, now we're going right back into it. Uh, this is a kid who really likes to play rock, paper, scissors. Everything is fine. Don't have a panic attack. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm... I'm I'm throwing up into my lunch. I just don't. I don't want this train to be over. <laughs> and like, I don't know enough about Part Five to know if like we sort I of mean, ever get this again. I trust a Rocky. Whatever happens, I'll go well, with it. He does seem to be on an upward. Like he, he's just he's gaining a lot of momentum. He seems to be learning a lot. <laughs> like because like first JoJo's kind of. More or less bad by modern standards. Well, Second I mean, it's JoJo's, just it's standard. Yeah, it was just like very plain. You know, nobody likes Jonathan Joestar. Am I right? Like, who's like, who's the Jonathan Joestar stand that's going to come out and be like, no, that's the one. I love him. I love him in Speedwagon. And I want to make him kiss. It's like, I don't know. Maybe there, there probably is that. There's probably a lot of that. Because there's probably not that many people that you want to make young Joseph We kiss. have lost sound from Dave. What? Hello? You can't hear me? Come in, Dave. Uh, Discord's still lighting up for me. Hello? Hello? Go. Is your internet out? Joel? Yeah. Wow. Well. Okay. So my internet went out. Sorry. I had to restart the router. Great timing. Couldn't have lasted like two more minutes. Uh, boo.
No, it was. That's the thing. Is like I could hear you be like, "What? Hello? Dave's not talking anymore." And I was like, "Joel, I'm talking. I can see the thing light up right here. What's going on?" And then like you know, about thirty seconds later, it decided, "Oh, your internet's out, so I had to restart the router." Uh, but anyway, that's fine. It works. Well, I mean. Just put put a little of my closing monologue on it or something to fill in the gaps left by the lack of outro. Feel like we we're just like couldn't wait another ninety seconds, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep, they're the best. All right, catch you later.